Welcome to the Meditation Podcast. You can find all our episodes on meditationpodcast.org. We're also on Bitchute and YouTube. You find the links in the podcast description. I'm also a podcasting coach because I've got four other podcasts, Speaking Podcast, Learn Polish Podcast, Awakening Podcast, and the Crypto Podcast. You find everything on bio.link forward slash podcaster. Today, my guest, Canadian, please welcome Janelle Annette. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Roy. No problem at all. So you might like the listeners know us. Who's Janelle? Yeah, so I have been, I work with women and I do a lot of um, helping them with their relationship patterns and connecting all the dots, their family system, and ultimately just looking at a lot of the patterns in our lives and trying to understand where it, where it comes from. So I've been working with women for just over five years now and have personally dove really deep into a lot of the stuff that I teach um, and that is in any of the programs that I offer. So it's a little bit about me, not everything. There's lots to an individual, but that's my little summary for the show. Yeah. Okay. okay. So before we delve into what you're doing, let's kind of talk about your journey because I know you've been in Bali. So obviously meditation, perhaps yoga, you might you know, let me know what you've been doing, how you got into, you got into each thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it goes way back before Bali, but I, my, my life was just, you know, a disaster to say the least uh like six seven years ago I was really in a deep place and struggling so I think for a lot of people they they come into an awakening or into some kind of practice or self-discovery when they're at a really low point and they are really struggling and there's almost no other way to go right I guess you could go deeper into that struggle or you could turn around and figure your stuff out so that's what I did luckily um I moved cities and had a very very transformational experience just in that in itself. And um, I had started beginning with like, you know, yeah, yoga, meditation, um, learning about the mind in some simplistic ways. And then I met somebody who brought me into a women's circle. And this was where I really started diving deep more specifically into like family systems and relationship patterns and somatic practices too. So getting to know how the body and um, our emotions are also driving our behaviors and how to get more in contact with that. So I did that for many years and then eventually facilitated in that circle. And yeah, and then still to this day, I'm running circles online and have my own practices and and meditate and do yoga and all of those great things as often as I can. And yeah. And what kind of meditation do you do? Is it guided? Is it kind of sound? Is there a specific one that you find resonates with you? Mm. I'd say the one that I do the most is just self-guided. But instead of, you know, just being a meditator that's watching my thoughts pass, I mean, it's that, but it's also um, using my awareness to scan through different components of my body, almost like a yoga nidra, but rather than just being aware of it and moving on, I'm also trying to pick up um, what the sensations are happening in my body because we've all, you know, heard the expressions or know the feeling of maybe when sadness comes up, there's like a lump in the throat or anxiety might be like buzziness and heat in the chest or something. So if you learn to pay attention to the more subtle energies that are in your body you can get more in contact with emotions before they get to 
you know, a level 10, let's say, and maybe reactivity comes up. So I would just call that somatic scanning would be the main form of meditation I work with. Um, just so I'm more aware of my body and my needs that day. Um, but I've been getting into some guided sleep hypnosis lately. That's a very new thing for me. I don't have a problem sleeping, but it's been something I tried and it actually is, is really nice. So yeah, that's, that's mostly what I do. And with this guided sleep meditation, is it something that you kind of play and it'll stop or do you have earphones on and you just kind of, what, what kind is it? Is it binaural beats or something? No, it's like this Australian man who's talking and just like in this very low voice. And um, I just, the one night I played it from my phone, but then I, I think I woke up to a mosquito at whatever time in the morning it was still going. I was like, okay, let's turn this off. We don't know. But um, I think it's meant to, as you're sleeping, connect to your, your subconscious mind and help you to do certain things. He has a bunch of different kinds of, of ones that you can listen to for different reasons like relaxation or dealing with stress or you know abundance and things like that so yeah and have you touched anything on kind of astral projection or lucid dreaming because that's something that i've just come across recently kind of going in a bit deeper in it have you done anything on them um honestly not so much i would like to have more of a dream practice because i'm a very vivid dreamer um, I had sleep paralysis once, but that's not fun. That's not, not what we want to work towards. Um, I used to write down all of my dreams and go back. And that's actually a really great way to get in touch with our psyche. And you can start to see some pretty clear themes and patterns in your dreams when you do that. Um, and I wouldn't have been aware of a many reoccurring dreams that I had had I not written them down and then gone back through and realized I had that dream actually quite a lot so that's a really fascinating one with because uh, you mentioned the sleep paralysis I used to get that an awful lot when I was younger and the girl that was at the event I was uh, recently mentioned that and she's kind of saying you know for the astral projection that that's a form of that you're actually at a different level when you go through that so it was kind of because I never heard it before I've looked at it and you know there's everybody's got their own opinion on it you know they're kind of saying oh you just you're in a deep sleep in your body you're kind of your mind wakes up but your body doesn't and things like that but the way she done it is she said she was kind of I mean, I didn't mention it before. She was just saying about it, but basically saying that it's a, it's a good thing. So that's why I'm, I'm actually planning on doing her quest and delving further to try to work on, you know, astral projection and another guy doing the lucid dreaming. Because I think if we can control these things, you know, I think we can kind of control our life a bit better. Yeah, yeah, I know. I think it's all very fascinating. And I think if you started having sleep paralysis, but had some maybe anticipation of it or knowing what to do with it, maybe it's easier to manage. But I was pretty young and it sounds like you too. And I had it and it was just, I had no idea what was going on. I was really afraid. So yeah, yeah, no. All it's it's a terrifying experience. I mean, I used to feel like yeah. a black coming over me, like a kind of screaming. And how I got rid of it is I just faced up to it. And then it stopped after yeah. that. It was like, instead of kind of trying to panic to wake up, I just said, okay, let's go for this. And just it kind of faced up to it. And so. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's pretty symbolic. You <laughs> face the fear. You face the whatever. It, exactly. it feels like it's an entity or something, right? Exactly. And hearing a vo I was hearing a voice like telling me scary things, and it was, ugh, yeah. 
but I mean, a lot of people experience it, but most people, they kind of, they say nothing because they think people, you know, look at them, you know, weird. So I suppose you, let's touch on what you're doing, helping others. You may, I mean, like patterning, because I think everybody's got a pattern. I mean, I know myself that, you know, I think everybody does, you know. So how how do we kind of overcome a pattern when we were like, well, I, I suppose awareness is the first thing, is it? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, meditation is a really important tool in all of that, but also knowing your, your scripts, right? So I, I think what I want to say first on that is we all have patterns, but that's also kind of the way that our brain works. Like we're very loopy and we have to build habits and we have neural pathways that, that fire together and wire together. Right. So it's not saying all patterns are bad. You know, we brushing our teeth is a pattern and, you know, our maybe healthy friendships could be a pattern too. But then of course we have the the more self-destructive or um, harmful patterns that we want to shift. So yeah, awareness is definitely the first step. Um, and that might just become obvious at a certain point through enough repetition, or it could become something that you don't even see. It's in a blind spot until maybe you're in a relationship. It could be friendship or romantic. Usually it's romantic where they start pointing things out that you might not have been seeing before. And you have to look at something and be like, oh, wow, I, I do do that. Like I, I see that and it can be kind of icky to feel or to own. And for so many people, it feels so icky to look at and to own about themselves that they just go right back to blame. No, it's you, you do this, da, 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 right? So awareness, but also a willingness to like really look deeper behind the layers because somebody might be like, oh, you know, I have a pattern of maybe dating really unhealthy people or whatever. What is that? Da, da, da. And it, it's still that fixation on like the other. And and yes, that's part of it. Part of you attracting a certain kind of person and is something that's going on within you. But then we have to look deeper on like, well, what is it that's going on within you that might be a little bit sticky or icky to look at? Um, and that's the deeper awareness that we need. And I think a lot of people get stuck on more of the surface level problem at hand rather than the deeper looking within. And mm -hmm. like when somebody kind of realizes there's something that doesn't know too much, is there ways of kind of peeling the layers off to kind of find out where the, the real issue is? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think once you're starting to see, okay, this situation has happened here, here, and here, um, maybe it's happening, happening presently. And again, maybe it's a relationship and somebody you had, you know, three different people give you the same feedback and you're finally ready to be like, okay, maybe this is something for me to look at. Um, you could, that that's when we kind of have to start drawing those parallels and it's usually to our family system, right? So when we were in those earlier developmental stages and our brains were growing rapidly, we absorbed a lot. So it's not to say everything is always about the family system and just about your parents, but a lot of our conditioning is from that. So it's learning to start start to see the parallels of why you're playing out this pattern. And even if it feels like an unhealthy pattern, there's probably a developmental reason why you started doing that in the first place. So when you find that connection, it does two things. One, it helps you understand or just have more compassion for yourself. Okay, I'm not wrong and flawed and messed up. I just learned to adapt to that, right? Let's say it was you had a... um a parent who would get really upset with you every time you kind of had a tantrum or asked for what you needed, yet you were praised for when you were really well-behaved and 
had good grades and did all these things that were maybe a little more type A, you would probably grow into a very type A adult who maybe had a hard time showing your feelings. So if that's the pattern, let's say, and you have a hard time connecting in romantic relationships, instead of just saying I'm wrong and messed up, you can then see, okay, I see where that developed right at that time. And then the key ingredient is not just saying, oh, I see where this developed and why I'm like this. But then what was the missing need underneath that? So what would you have needed from that that parent, let's say, or it could be sibling or some other kind of significant figure and say, if you find what was that actual need, what I need most in that moment that I didn't get, then you have that key ingredient to saying, okay, now how do I, as an adult, focus on reparenting myself and giving myself that thing I didn't get so that I can actually shift that pattern over time? That makes sense, right? So in that example of having to be the the good girl or good boy and be really, um, yeah, type A, get good grades, never have big emotional reactions, you know, never really ask for what you need. Your your medicine, if you will, or what you would need to give yourself would be, you know, practices to to feel your feelings and to be seen in that. Um, and then also getting more clear on what your needs are because people like that are usually don't even know what their needs are. It's like, forget asking for what you need. They don't even know. So getting more in tune with their bodies, their emotions, getting more curious about their needs, and then eventually stepping out and practicing asking for their needs to be met. And they can kind of heal that wound that is uh, frozen in time in their in their psyches. And with, with your kind of program, because I was just looking through the website and everything, it's like a 12-week mm-hmm. program. Is that Are you doing that in one-on-one or do you do kind of like a group kind of coaching where you're connecting with a lot of people? Yeah, um, I do both. So depending on the, the client's needs, like some people, maybe this is all really new and they really just want, like being in a group feels a little too overwhelming and they just want that intimate space and that's available but group is actually really amazing for doing this work because not only are you like like in the actual program we're doing we're not just talking about these things and going back and forth I mean they're going through modules they're connecting these dots but then in the actual group we're doing exercises that get um, these women to go to the seat of what's kind of uncomfortable and to practice being seen in a way that they normally don't, right? So in that example that I was talking about earlier, that person might need to come to the group and have, you know, be brought through a specific process that's going to help them feel a lot of feelings. And they might need to practice being seen by some people feeling their feelings, which is going to feel really uncomfortable in their bodies because if their whole childhood they were taught, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, that's where that block really lives. And if we can create in a really safe environment where people are being brought to their specific edge and then being guided in a process to to lean into that edge and do that thing that they didn't let themselves do, then we can create those healing experiences in real time. So that can happen in one-to-one or group, but you could see that in a group, um, you're being seen and witnessed by more people. And there's also more mirrors. So what happens in group work is you're like, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to do this process and I'm going to talk about this thing I don't normally ever share about myself because it feels so scary. And I do that. And then all of a sudden, everybody or a lot of people are like, yep, me too. This happened to me too. I did that too. And all of a sudden you're like, okay, hold on. Like I'm not, I'm not alone in my pain. I'm not separate. 
Um, and I'm actually more connected to people as a result of being more authentic and sharing these parts of myself that I normally don't let anybody see. So I'm a big advocate for group work for that reason. And of course, one-on-one, -on -one, I still get to be that person for somebody, but it's a little bit different than, than a group dynamic. Yeah. And with the, the kind of modules and all that, is it something that you've trained and you're kind of doing a certain system from somebody or is it something that you've developed yourself from your own personal experience plus different things that you've kind of perhaps done? Yeah, a bit of both. Um, I mean, all of the the modules and everything that I created and all the lessons are all done by me. And of course, I'm drawing upon teachings that I've learned through other teachers. Um, the way that I run programs is all, I guess there's a, a format of an exercise that you can run, but how you actually create the, the exercise is kind of confusing if I don't, um, if you're not experiencing it. But I, I still make all of the processes, the modules, the exercises and everything, but it's just built on a, I guess, foundation of how I've learned through a bunch of different teachers of how to how to run things or how to bring people into these experiences. So yeah, I've had a lot of really amazing mentors and teachers and um and of course then it's also personal experience too. And then just speaking from my my lens within this work. And what I really want to do is because when you're working with somebody, you know, the whole idea with maybe mentorship or or coaching, right? Or or inner work in this capacity. It's not just come to this program feel really heard and seen and loved and and whatever, and then go on with your day. It's actually, how do we give each person that comes in enough understanding and awareness about themselves and tools and practices and exercises, plus all the stuff they do on the actual calls? How do we give them enough that they can continue leaving this container and going on in their life and having awareness that they can't turn off, as I like to say, and then that committed um going deeper and deeper within themselves and feeling empowered to do that, right? I'm not telling anybody what's going on for them. I'm just asking the right questions and guiding them through the things that they can come online to that part of themselves that is deep, you know, deeply knows themselves, right? And so it's it's more about like, how can we empower people to have that ability and then to continue on holding that throughout their life? Excellent. And just curious, what uh, system are you using for the course? Because I'm setting up something i think it's called lighter lms or something like that but i was looking at kijabi and a few others and i'm always curious which ones people are using and you know the advantages and disadvantages of the system they've chosen yeah oh my goodness i've done them all um i've done thinkific and kajabi and kartra i'm kind of straddled between uh thinkific and kartra right now but i think i'm actually switching to kajabi um i i Kartra is nice because it has all the the email software and you can build like landing pages and stuff like that. So it has all the the bells and whistles that you need. And I've heard some from a lot of people that the the software actually runs a lot better than Kajabi. Um, however, with the plan I'm on, I think it only allows you to have two courses, and I I want to have a lot more than that. So with the Kajabi plan at a pretty similar price, I think you can have up to like fifteen or something like that, and just maybe a little bit more. Um, so I'm going to switch over to there. I also find it's a little more aesthetically pleasing, but yeah, Kartra is a good option if you haven't looked into it, if it suits your, your needs. Um, yeah. And then with the landing page, you just create that for the marketing, blast it out to 
to get the people to come in to try to do the groups and because I suppose you have to set it at a certain time you know when you're doing a group you know to get x amount of people in you know I don't know what the number is what you typically have in a group but uh, you know obviously mm-hmm. the marketing goes out to have it say let's start this group in September yeah, yeah. I, I basically just have the one page that lives on my website. So for people to learn, because even if they do one to one with me, which they could at any point, they go through the same process. So it's just different, you know, formats. But um, I'd say most people who join have just kind of been maybe following along for a while and they then see that there's an opportunity. And I speak a lot to that on my Instagram so people can stay in the loop. Um, and I just update a little thing at the very bottom of the page that says the date kind of thing. So people know, but I'm kind of ongoingly enrolling people for when the next cohort begins. Um, and it's still really, it's still a really intimate group. I don't, I'm not going to have, you know, like 20 people plus like a lot of programs do because realistically you're just not going to get the level of support you need. So yeah, it's, it's uh, intimate, but just mostly through my Instagram, people will will keep updated on the date of uh, when a new program's starting. Yeah, I think you get a better bond than you when you don't have it too big, like because yeah, I mean, sometimes people just step step back and they're just watching and they don't really engage. Where whereas if it's whether six or whatever age, you know, everyone seems to you know get close and support each other. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you know somebody does have a hard time speaking up and taking up space, you get to you get to lovingly call them out and pay enough attention to that. But as soon as it gets big, it's just, you know, and and you know what? Big group stuff can be really awesome and have its own value. Um, I just find with the level of depth I like to go into, I want to make sure everyone gets a lot of personal time to share and, and be witnessed and everything. So, yeah. And it's always female groups you're doing. Have you ever... Uh, put a, a male group together um i not yet i would like to i don't know if i'd do strictly just men because that might be you know uh, that'd be a little bit of a big edge for me maybe one day um i would like to do some some co-ed groups right just have everybody in there and that's a, a whole different dynamic because then you know let, let's say for example in the women only program that's just my background and that's why i have it structured that way um, we might talk about judgments and maybe anger or or biases that are held about men, right? Because that's an important thing to uncover, especially if you're attracted to that gender, to understand how you might be subconsciously keeping connection out or writing people off or maybe even attracting somebody who fits that mold who isn't healthy, whereas there's actually a lot of really healthy integral men out there. So you know, we can do that just by talking about it as women, um, which is potent, but it's a whole other dynamic when there's men and women present and both men and women can talk about their biases about one another and have to be witnessed by each other. Right. So that's, that's something that can be really cool within co-ed dynamics that we'll do. We'll do one day. Excellent. Excellent. And uh, finally with the, I, I see your podcasting now as well. So you yeah. made how many episodes and I presume it's all touching on this subject yeah yes yeah um oh my goodness I honestly I can't even I think like nine episodes but I started with three so it's just just over a month that it's been running now which has been awesome it's a lot to learn um and it's it's a lot of relationship stuff but it I mean everything that I talk about comes back to 
relationship to self and our psyche and how our minds and our deeper layers of our past and everything that's stored there um, create the the patterns and the dynamics that we see in our life. So, you know, there's an episode on, you know, how do you, how do you embrace being single without giving up on love for single people or, you know, what are conscious couple communication tools that you can use with your partner to to resolve conflict or grow closer through conflicts. I kind of touch on a lot of different relational themes and then also things like, you know, people pleasing or caregiving or, you know, maybe some roles that someone might have developed from family systems and attachment styles and all of that. So, yeah. yeah. And I That's see it. it's Lipson is it that you've gone with. Yeah, I uh, I had somebody who was helping me just that I hired on Upwork to figure all of that out because I honestly just didn't know and and she's kind of set everything up. So this is a whole new world to me and learning about the platform hosting. So yeah, everything's hosted on there. Um, and I'm still learning a lot about how it all works. And I think it's, it was your own one. You have a, a link three and... If you go in the top of it is the podcast, but it actually shows when you go into it. I've never seen that. I'm using Linktree for years and I saw yeah. yours and I was like, I don't have that. Whereas <laughs> you, can, you can see all the platforms. And to be honest with you, there was a few I haven't even heard of because I mean, there's so many out there, but there was three or yeah. four that I didn't even hear, but I thought it was very cool. That's an easy place to find all the thing. How is that something, a special button on Linktree or how did that come about? Because I, uh, I didn't even realize you could do that. It might be a newer feature. I don't even think I pay for pro or anything like that. I think yeah, because I, I don't either. Yeah, just the free version. Yeah, I think I put the, I think I copy and pasted the Apple podcast link and I put it in to Linktree and it gave me an option. Do you want to something, something like make it a different thing? And I was like, oh, okay, yes. And then that's when that happens. So maybe if you just delete the old link and try again, it'll do the what's new. Cause yeah, I, it just did it. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Okay, excellent. Listen, General, you might uh, let people know how can they get in contact with you and find out about uh, what you're doing. You know where where they'll find out that course. Yeah, yeah. So the next group cohort is happening actually in September. Um, if you listen to any of my podcast episodes, I'm saying August, but I had to do a little little tweak. So we're doing September. Um, and you can contact me on Instagram. My handle is just. Janelle Annette, all one word. Um, you can also, if you want to just go right to the website and book a consultation call and fill out a little application, there's an option to do that as, as well. And that's just JanelleAnnette.com. Um, or you can email me and it's just hello at JanelleAnnette.com. That's a tricky spelling, but um, I'm sure it'll be linked somewhere. And um, yeah, if you just message me your questions about the program or questions about me or really anything, then I'm happy to share and uh, speak further about that and just figure out um, whatever your needs are and whether my program or maybe a different program would be best suited for you. So I really just like figuring out where people are at and then uh, providing them with the right resources and tools um, to get to where they want to be excellent oh, perfect so listen thoroughly enjoyed our conversation and make sure i put the links both on the audio and the video thank you very much yeah perfect thank you
So that's all for the meditation podcast. You'll find all our episodes on meditationpodcast.org. As mentioned, we're on BitChute and YouTube. Sure to give us a thumbs up, five-star rating, share with your friends, and you'll find all my other podcasts as well as the coaching on bio.link forward slash podcaster. Until next week, take care.